Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I want to welcome you to the show and welcome you to our live stream on YouTube today. I thought I'd give it a shot, and of course, the first time I get tongue-tied, right? Of course, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you all for joining me today. We're going to get into a very important case, uh, one of the best written cases that I've seen in a very long time that has to do with due process, and this is the case of um, um, El Anis Elhedi uh, versus the the uh, director of terrorist screening center in his official capacity. And so, if you've been reading in the uh, news or in your headlines or in social media about how the federal courts have just found the federal watch list unconstitutional. Uh, this is the case from a federal court in the Eastern District of Virginia. We're going to go over this and we're going to find out, you know, those of you who are longtime listeners, you know that these headlines rarely ever match the truth of the facts in the case. Rarely. You know that the the Colorado cake baker was not handed a victory from the Supreme Court. The governments were handed instructions from the Supreme Court on how to discriminate against people's religious beliefs and convictions and so on and so forth. So we're going to get into that today. But at first, I want to go and just give this public service announcement, a sort of action at uh, a matter that, that we as the liberty-minded patriots need to be uh, active in. According to an article on Fox News that I just got, the Department of Justice has sent a package of legislative proposals on gun violence to the White House. It's been re being reported that the White House has had this gun legislation for two weeks now. Now, we know that we have had, uh, we talked about this yesterday, about how uh, Senator Rick Scott was hopeful that gun legislation would be passed soon. Now we have William Barr sending over legislative proposals over gun legislation. We also have... Uh, Donald T Trump tweeting, I am hopeful Congress will engage with my team to pass meaningful legislation that will make a real difference and most importantly, save lives. 
Look, we need to be more active and more vigilant than ever. They, these gun-grabbing, constitutionally ignorant, power-hungry politicians, they simply do not want to be pressured to maintain the Constitution. They don't want to do this. We are the ones that have to do this. They want to set aside the Constitution. They want to talk about, oh, yeah, well, we, we'll, we'll guard your Second Amendment, but we need to keep you safe. You know what? It's not your job to keep me safe, federal government. If there's any kind of personal safekeeping that needs to be accomplished by a government, that government must be my sheriff period. My state at the most. I don't need the federal government to keep me safe on domestic issues. These are issues that are reserved to the states and local governments. We need to get that issue across. And this case that we're going to be talking about, what this federal court says is so important and rightly related with what I'm saying right now. Because the federal government is not interested in following the Constitution. These agencies and their agents are not interested in following the Constitution. They want arbitrary discretion and full latitude to do whatever they need to do to have whatever power they want to have at any given moment. Now, I have articles out the wazoo at chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. I have training videos here on YouTube and on chrisannhall.com. You need to get these things. Our legislators need to be bombarded. Donald Trump needs to be bombarded with my article, A Lesson on Gun Control. He says, I want to protect the Second Amendment for the people. If he is truly honest in that statement, then someone, please God, someone needs to educate him on what that actually means. If you want to protect the Second Amendment, that means the federal government has no authority whatsoever to create any kind of gun legislation, period. It is not your stinking job. And you got the Democrats actually, Democrat candidates actually proposing mandatory gun buybacks. Molan LeVay? Come on, people, really. This is this is reaching critical mass. We can't be handling we cannot be dealing with this. Now the poll that I told you about yesterday on social media, on my YouTube, on my or not on my YouTube, on my Twitter handle, on my Facebook page, it is still going. And I'm gonna tell you, you guys are coming in droves to to participate in this bro this poll and have your your position be heard. And it is overwhelming. Any time, any given time between 70 and over 75% of the people are saying, I will never vote for another gun grabbing politician, no matter who wins. If I don't vote for this Republican and some Democrat wins, so be it. I'm not voting fa in favor of a, another Republican that will gun grab. 20% are less 
are saying that, hey, I'll vote for a Republican over any Democrat any day. Only 20%. I want you to see this. For a long time, the principle over party people, the truth over personality people, the liberty over security people, we have felt like the minority. The go along to get along have been, have felt like the majority. I would vote for a, a dead dog before I voted for a Democrat. Felt like the majority. I'm telling you, that's not the reality anymore. People are fed up. One of two things are going to happen. These long-standing Republican people are simply not going to vote at all, or they're not going to vote for a Republican again. We finally have a momentum. We have a current situation that is driving the momentum that will give us the window to elect a candidate that is truly constitutional. So now hit the streets and find him or her, him or her, and convince them to run and then do everything you can possibly, I mean, drop every extracurricular activity, sink every extra penny you have in getting this person elected. We have this window. It's time to send these people up there. We have the we have the momentum. We are be, we are rising in power, and we can do this. So in the meantime, we need to get active. We need to be contacting our legislators. We need to do everything that we can to contact Donald Trump and say, look, the federal government has no authority to create gun legislation. Stay out of our right to keep and bear arms. Period. I, I can't I can't be any simpler in my speech than that. If you if you want the full academic backdrop, if you want to have the full armor in defending the Second Amendment, in defending your right to keep and bear arms, more specifically, you need to go to chrisannhall.com, find an article called um, "A Lesson on Gun Control." When I post this show permanently on the Daily Channel page on YouTube, when I post it on the website page at chrisannhall.com, I will add that article in the resource section so that you can have it and you can read it and you can share it. But those of you who are already savvy, you already know my website, you already know how to get all this stuff, you can go right now and do this. I mean, we need to have a daily campaign of emailing these people. I, just pick five. Pick five, uh, pick three House members, pick two Senate senators and the President of the United States. Email them this every single day for the next 30 days or until they do something good or do something stupid, right? Keep emailing them every day. Do it more than once a day. If you just send an email and then you sit back, oh, I did my duty. No, no, no. That email is going in the recycle bin and you'll never be heard from and nobody will ever know that you sent it. But if you send it every single day, if you send it multiple times a day, every single day for several weeks, somebody's going to get the picture. <laughs> just the, it just came to my mind. Oh, yeah, somebody's going to get the picture. You're going to get on a watch list. Hey, look, if I'm going to be put on a watch list for defending the liberty of my child, then so be it. Remember, James Otis Jr. said, I cheerfully submit myself to every odious name for conscience sake. 
Let consequences be as they will. I am determined to proceed. Look, there is way too much history behind me on this one. Way too many people who sacrificed way too much for me to sit back and worry about some government watch list. Worry about the Southern Poverty Law Center hating on me. These people don't bother me. Sticks and stones, whatever. My liberty and the liberty of my children and my future grandchildren is way more important than my name, my reputation, and anything that any man might throw in front of me. So do it. Do it today. I'm going to, I am. Do it, do it today, do it several times a day, do it every day for the next few weeks. We'll be right back after the break. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. I got so excited the other day. <laughs> Somebody sent me a picture over uh, social media about their the t-shirts they got. They got the Got Liberty t-shirt and then they got the Freedom uh, Plus Morality Equals Liberty t-shirt and they were so excited to wear them. I am so excited when I see you guys wearing them. This is Liberty First gear. Make sure you go to ChrisAnnHall.com, get your Liberty First gear, get your Fake news t-shirt where Thomas Jefferson is telling you that uh, fake news has been around since 18, uh, 1807. Thomas Jefferson, President Thomas Jefferson complaining about fake news in 1807. We have the Women of Liberty t-shirts. We have the Forgotten Founders t-shirts. Wentworth Cheswell, Crispus Attucks, seriously, these are incredibly valuable tools that all you have to do is wear them and people ask questions. Let me, let me tell you, I know this to be true. We've told multiple stories about this on the show. JC has told multiple stories about this. But I want to get to this case, this watch list case. Did a federal court in the Eastern District of Virginia the Alexandria Division just declare the federal watch list unconstitutional. Can you know that I was really excited when I read that because I thought, woo woo hoo hoo And as I was reading this, this opinion, by the way, can we just take a little mental note here for a second? If you're watching this on YouTube right now, or if you're just listening to me, you got to take my word for it. The document is titled Memorandum Opinion and Order. Notice it doesn't say Memorandum Ruling and Order. Even the courts call their documents opinions. Just a little vindication for the Chris Ann Hall, who's constantly chastised by the ignorant professors. Just a little bit of love for me. Anyway. So because this is such an important thing, 
I'm going to be actually, I don't know if you can see this, I'm actually going to be going through this document. I've made all kinds of circles and notes and all kinds of stuff. I want you to know what this says. So the basic background for this case is we have a series of plaintiffs, people who are filing a claim against the federal government for being put on the terrorist screening database. In the case, they call it the TSDB. And it's, it's what you and I know as the watch list. Okay. And they're saying that being on the terrorist watch list deprives them of their right to due process, their right to freely travel, and their right to be able to um, uh, confront the witnesses against them, the whole due process thing. And so I want to show you what what this says, okay? So the plaintiffs are 23 United States citizens. Let's be very clear about this. These are not foreign nationals. These are not somebody that would be considered foreign terrorists. These are 23 United States citizens who claim that because their inclusion in the federal government's terrorist screening database, referred to colloquially as the watch list, have suffered a range of adverse consequences without constitutionally adequate remedy. Now, right there, that gives me a little sort of warning. Did the court find the watch list unconstitutional? Or did it find that the procedure for the watch list is unconstitutional? That's very, very important distinction. Remember, these court cases are always written very, very specifically. These opinions are written very specifically, so they can only be applied very specifically. That's why that, that's so that everybody who has an issue has to sue. You can't just have a single thing, you know, this watch list is unconstitutional blanket. That means everybody that's on the watch list now can is off the watch list because it's unconstitutional. Or do you make it very specific to these defendants, to this procedure or whatever? We're going to find this out. Okay. An individual's listing in the TSDB without more does not prevent them from boarding flights, but that listing is disseminated to and used by federal, state, and foreign government agencies and officials to support various diplomatic functions. This is, this is important. It is disseminated outside the Department of Homeland Security. And this is going to be a very big factor in determining whether this procedure is unconstitutional. Don't worry, we will be right back after the break. As arrogant men tear up our constitution And from every direction we cry around You can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Look, if you, you want to have a better, a greater depth of understanding in the Constitution, the U.S. government, American history, principles, liberty, uh, philosophies, and practical 
applications, defense of the Constitution, you must enroll at Liberty First University, libertyfirstuniversity.com, the Constitution as if the founders themselves were teaching it to you. No government propaganda, no historical revision. I use only original source documents, the founders themselves, to teach you the original intent, what the Constitution's supposed to be. That's, that's libertyfirstuniversity.com. LibertyFirstUniversity.com. Enroll today. If you have a student in the house, there is a reduced subscription rate for people with students in the house. Now, what we have in this case, this watch list case, are what we call uh, dueling summary uh, motions for summary judgment. The plaintiffs have filed a motion for summary judgment, and the motion for summary judgment is very simply a statement. No, given these facts that we're giving you right now, there's absolutely no way the government can win this case. We have a Loctite case. There's no way a jury could find against us, and we know the court can see that. So we're going to file this motion for summary judgment, and the court can decide without a jury. Now, the government has filed their summary judgment and says, hey, these people don't have standing. They have no case. We're doing everything right. And every juror would see this. There's no point in clogging up the system with this case. So you need to find in our favor. So this is not actually a trial. This is not actually anything. This is called a pre-motion motion, a pre-trial motion. And it is a motion for summary judgment and how the court finds could end the case today. And I'll just let you know right now, the court found in favor of summary judgment for the plaintiffs. The court found in favor of the plaintiffs' argument that being on this watch list deprived them of their right to due process, their right to freely travel, and their right to be notified when the government is taking actions against them. Okay, so the court said, we grant your summary judgment. This case is over. Now, that does not mean the exact same thing as the court finding the watch list unconstitutional. So let's talk about this. Man, this was such a well-written opinion. I'm really excited about sharing this with you. So they talk about the procedural due process claim on page 17 of the case. Now, when you go to uh, the posting of this of this show on the Daily Journal on the YouTube. When you go to the posting of the show on the Daily Journal at chrisannhall.com, I'm gonna have a link to the opinion itself. Remember, don't ever believe what anybody is telling you on YouTube. Take the time to read the documents yourself and always find the original source. Listen to what they say. Whenever a person is deprived of liberty or property interests within the meaning of the due process clause, Procedural pro due process mandates constraints on governmental decisions. There are basic requirements that procedural due process in each instant demands, including notice and meaningful opportunity to be heard. You must be noticed. So when they're talking about due process, they're talking about the Fifth Amendment, the clause where it says, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. That's what they're talking about here. And if the government is going to take some action that affects a liberty that you possess, you have a right to be noticed of that action, 
I mean, it's crazy. You have to even say that. And you have a right to be heard on those accusations. You have a right to notice and you have a right to redress. It says they, uh, the court concludes based on undisputed facts that the plaintiff's liberty interests implicated by their inclusion in the TSDB, though weaker than those placed on the no-fly list, are nevertheless strong. So being on this watch list, they say, is uh, negatively affecting their liberty. The court also concludes that the administrative process used to place a person on the TSDB has an inherent substantial risk, this is so great, of erroneous deprivation. They're saying, look, the way you run this watch list there is a huge margin for error that an innocent person could be put on that watch list. Well, big deal. Maybe they're on the watch list, then they fight it. No, you see, that's the whole problem. They talk about this watch list being a black box. That's, that's the term that they use. They said, in context of individuals challenging their placement on the TSDB rather than the no-fly list, it's a black box. Individuals are not told, even after filing, whether or not they will remain on the TSDB watch list and are also not told the factual basis for their conclusion, right? So they're not told, you're not even told you're on the list. If you file to get off the list, they won't tell you if you've been removed from the list, and they won't even tell you why you're on the list, what you've done to get on the list. Now, I want to talk to you about this because the, one of the main arguments is that this watch list is impeding their liberty to travel. And this case is going to be huge for those of you out there who believe in the liberty of travel. It says, um, Central to the Matthews analysis is the party's characterization of the nature of movement-related liberty interests at stake. Plaintiffs characterize their movement-related liberty interests as the right to international and domestic travel. This court recognized as a protected liberty interest your right to have liberty in travel. He says the plaintiffs assert that their inclusion in the TSDB has had the practical effect of preventing them from exercising their right to travel. There are plaintiffs that are, are alleging uh, international interference with travel and domestic interference with travel. And the court says both, especially, they, they make the point, especially in the society that we live in today, both are in, involved are included in this this right or this liberty to uh, freely travel. They said that this TSDB creates imposing consequences so severe that plaintiffs have stopped exercising their right to travel. Isn't that interesting? We have a right to travel but we don't have a right to keep and bear arms. And it just sort of kind of thing, you know, an individual right to travel, but not an individual right to keep and bear arms. This is what happens when people don't understand the fundamental nature of liberty itself. And so what's happened is they're alleging what we call constructive elimination of their right. Now, the government says, okay, look, well, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. 
they said government the court says government actions that actually deter travel can create unreasonable burden that deprives someone of their liberty interest in travel their liberty interest in international travel is sufficient to trigger due process requirements now the government's like wait a minute you don't have a right to freely travel you just have to have you have a right to travel without a lot of problems right right they said you you have a right to you don't have a right to travel through airports or across borders without delay and all we're really doing is giving you a delay okay the government says there are some procedurally protected interests in travel and that outright bans on all means of travel would definitely trigger due process requirements. But because we've put you on a secret list, because we're publishing that list to everybody but you, because this makes a, a real traumatic scene, one guy was actually handcuffed other guy was so stressed out he went into cardiac arrest oh no 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 it's just a minor inconvenience we're merely subjecting here is merely subjecting plaintiffs to inconvenient inspections or delay you don't have a constitutional right to travel without incurring such burdens now the court says right the general right of free movement is long recognized fundamental liberty. Bam, we need to repeat that. The general right of free movement is a long recognized fundamental liberty. The right to travel is a part of the liberty which the citizen cannot be deprived without due process of law under the Fifth Amendment. And then the court actually, actually quotes the Magna Carta as history. It says, Referencing Blackstone's recognition that the personal liberty of the individuals protected under the Magna Carta consisted in the power of locomotion, of changing situation, or removing one's person to whatsoever place on one's own inclination may direct without imprisonment or restraint. The courts have also recognized a protected liberty interest in traveling internationally. Freedom of movement is basic to our scheme of values. This is such an important case for freedom of movement people, right? So they said, while the inclusion on the TSDB does not constitute a total ban on international travel in the same way that inclusion on the no-fly list does, the wide-ranging consequences of an individual's watch list status render it mo more closely analogous to the no-fly list than to other types of regulations founded. They can create such an unreasonable burden that they constitute in practical terms a ban. When you freak somebody out so bad that they stop traveling, these plaintiffs stop flying altogether. They just drive places. One guy won't even drive across the Canadian border anymore because of the way the, the, uh, D the Department of Justice agents have been treating them. And so um, that's part of this thing. They also say that the government is damaging these people's reputation by putting them on this watch list. Now, one might ask, how can my reputation be damaged by being on a secret watch list? Aha, I am so glad that you asked. Because the watch list is only secret to you. When we get back from the break, 
I'm going to read to you from the court opinion the list of people and agencies, general public people, that get a copy of this list when you, even upon petition, are denied this understanding. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal's our final segment, and we're talking about this watch list case. And I want to talk to you now where it says, um, remember, this is a secret watch list. The government, even if you figure out you're on the watch list and you want to be taken off the watch list, they won't tell you if you're off the watch list. They won't even tell you why you're on the watch list. But are you ready for this? The TSDB information is used in the screening of government employees and contractors, screening other large private contractor and certain employers. Let me, let me, let me just go ahead and read to you the list. This watch list is shared with over 18,000 state, local, county, city, university, and college, tribal, and federal law enforcement agencies, approximately 533 private entities for law enforcement purposes. These private entities include the police, security forces of private railroads, colleges, universities, hospitals, prisons, as well as animal welfare organizations. Are you freaking kidding me? Why does an animal welfare organization need to know I'm on a watch list, right? Information technology, fingerprint databases, forensic analysis providers, private probation, and pretrial services. It is dis This thing is so widely disseminated. I don't even know how you can call it a secret watch list. The only person that doesn't know anything about this watch list is the person under accusation. Oh, by the way, the court doesn't even know the accusation. This is crazy. They said there is a grave risk of erroneous deprivation. The procedures give rise to high likelihood of mistaken determination and erroneous placement on the watch list and... Uh, you need better procedures, basically. So here you go. The nature, uh, let's see, what it says, there is no evidence or contention that any of these plaintiffs satisfy the definition of a known terrorist. None have been convicted, charged, or indicted for any criminal offense related to terrorism or otherwise. Rather, the plaintiffs are included in the TSDB watch list because they have been labeled as suspected terrorists a determination that this court has found to be based on large extent on subjective judgments. They're like, we, we don't even know the criteria. You can't even tell us the criteria. There is nothing that demonstrates a reasonable suspicion that an individual is engaging in, has engaged in, or intends to engage in conduct con uh, constituting in preparation for, in aid of, or related to terrorism. Nothing, no evidence whatsoever. Just some agent wants to stick you on a watch list that that gets that, that stops you from traveling constructively. The court says, and then guess what? 
you can't get off of it. The, he says, the situation is compounded by the fact that the court has little, if any, ability to articulate what information is viewed by the, the security agent who puts you on this list as sufficiently derogatory beyond the labels it has provided to the court. All you're doing is name-calling. You're not even giving us evidence. So guess what? The vagueness of this standard, coupled with the lack of any meaningful restraint on what constitutes ground for placement on the watch list, constitutes, in essence, the absence of any ascertainable standard for inclusion or exclusion, which is precisely what offends the due process clause. So, the court says, there can be no doubt there is a profound, fundamental, and compelling governmental interest in preventing terrorist attacks. But you cannot be arbitrary, and the people have a right to due process. So here's the bottom line. In conclusion, the court did not find the watch list unconstitutional. They found the procedure for the watch list unconstitutional. And they told the Department of Justice, the Department of Homeland Security, you got to have better procedures if you're going to have this watch list. And in those procedures, you must tell the people when you've placed them on the list. Now, before they go on the list, you don't have to tell them they're being investigated. But once they're on the list, you have to tell them. Then you have to give them an opportunity to confront the charges against them. You have to tell them why they're on the list. And then you have to give them a real opportunity to get off the list. So the court didn't get rid of watch lists altogether, which is what they should have done. But what they did do was say, you've got to respect the due process of the people. You've got to give them an opportunity to know, and you've got to give them an opportunity to get out. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.